opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham and this is The Daily Download. Today, we're sharing a crossover episode of the Housing News Podcast, which features an interview with the nation's number one loan originator, Sean Benosian. In this episode, Benosian joins Housing Wire Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler to discuss how he became Guaranteed Rate's first loan officer to fund $1 billion in loan volume in one year, as well as the future of the U.S. mortgage market. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire, and this is the Housing News Podcast. I'm here with Sean Benosian, who has become Guaranteed Rate's first loan officer to fund $1 billion in loan volume in one year. And of course, we're only in September. Over the course of his decade-long career, Sean has generated more than $4 billion in funded loans. He's actually a repeat guest for Housing News, having been interviewed by our CEO, Clayton Collins, last season. So, Sean, we're excited to have you back, and congratulations on this incredible accomplishment. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on again. I think it's uh, I'm honored to be here twice. Um, and, uh, like, you know, I think you guys are doing a great job. We appreciate having a voice in the industry that's putting out really great information. So thank you guys for everything you're doing. Well, thank you. You know, this $1 billion number, this didn't come out of nowhere. Last year, you funded $914 million, and you've been the number one originator in the country for the last two years and guaranteed rates top originator for five years. So when you were looking at 2020, was hitting a $1 billion the goal you had this year? You know, it definitely was um, coming into this year. I mean, um, it's it's been something we've been talking about for a few years. Like once we got to about $500 million a couple of years ago, we had our eyes on a billion because we felt like we were getting more scalable and we were, we were um, just doing a better job in terms of like proactively planning. And we kind of saw how it, like I, even doing 500 million, I felt like we left a lot of business on the table, but I also had a little bit more confidence that we could do it if we just kind of streamlined some of our processes, hired the right people uh, and, and just, uh, you know, worked really hard. And um, so going into it after having done 900 million the year before, definitely a billion was the goal. Now, obviously, um, you know, you never know what the year is going to bring. Like, you know, going into it, global pandemic wasn't on the radar, you know? So like, uh, right. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, and then, you know, even before that, you know, um, you know, obviously rates play a factor uh, in our business. Now we've been fortunate in the sense that as a part of our planning, we've always been very purchase business heavy on our end. Like we've, that's always been the core focus of our business. Um, I think one of the big reasons that we were able to do $900 million a year before was that you know, we, we really stayed true to who we were in terms of like really focusing on those purchases and that market stayed hot. But when then rates came down, we were able to go back to all our clients that we've done business for in the past and let them know that, hey, rates are down, you should be refinancing. 
um, and here's what opportunities presented itself. Uh, you know, and we had the ability to kind of have that kind of reach to be able to you know, capitalize on a falling rate environment. So going into this year, you know, we, you know, obviously you never know kind of which rate, way rates are going to go every year. There's projections and predictions and sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. Um, it seemed like this year was going to be a low rate year. And then all of a sudden going into March, you know, you didn't know what to think when all of a sudden this coronavirus thing, you know, really kicked in. And I didn't know, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I was a little bit worried in March in April, I was like, what's going to happen? Is anybody going to buy a house? You know, what's going to happen with rates? Like, how's the Fed going to react? Like, you just don't know all those things. Um, you know, hindsight being what it is now, obviously rates came down and the housing market has been leading the way uh, in the U.S. economy. Um, so it's been, it's been really kind of, I feel fortunate that I'm in an industry where, you know, obviously things are going well, where so many other people, and so many industries are, are having a tough time. So I don't take that for granted, but you know, in our world, you know, the purchase markets remained extremely strong and that's a strength of ours. And, you know, we've had this massive refinance boom uh, that we were prepared for in the sense that, you know, we already were taking, um, you know, steps last year to get better at it. So, so to be able to kind of have super high purchase activity and super high refinance activity at the same time uh, has been fun. And fortunately, we were set up for it from a team standpoint, efficiency, communication, you know, uh, processes and people uh, to be able to capitalize on it. And it's, it's worked out pretty well. I think we're going to do when it's all said and done, probably a billion, four billion five this year. Um, and, uh, certainly that wasn't part of the projection. I just want, I would have been happy with 1 billion and $1. Uh, so to be able to kind of hit that in September was, uh, was, you know, obviously very nice. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, you've talked about the team model as key to your success. And that's what I'd love to dive into. You know, what does that look like for you? What, what, what is your team? What does it look like? Yeah, you know, um, the team's ever evolving, um, you know, it's, and it's definitely a key to my success. I certainly do, didn't do a billion dollars on my own. Uh, it's impossible, right? Like there's nobody that could do it. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I work with some really amazing people and it's grown, you know, and um, so I think that, you know, no matter who you are as an originator, it, you should definitely focus on kind of uh, growth. And like, I've always focused on a couple things. One is, I know I'm really good at certain parts of the process and I'm passionate about certain parts of the process and really, um, and, and that's what I want to work on. And then I also know that there's also really, really talented people out there that are really great and talented and passionate about other parts of the process that I have no interest in and that can do a better job than me. So over the course of the years, we've grown the team uh, to bring on really impactful people in all parts of it. So, you know, I run my team just like, you know, in my opinion, a CEO runs their mortgage company, right? Like, you know, it's just different. It's at a different scale. So like, you know, I have, um, you know, I'm constantly thinking of, you know, sales, business development, marketing, operations, customer service, client retention, um, all those things that are part of my business, right? Um, and so I hire people that can support all parts of that business. So how my team looks is I really have it kind of broken up into four areas or five areas, I'd say. There's an administrative function, there's sales support, operations support, marketing support, and, and uh, you know, brand and business development support. And I have people supporting me in all those things. So clearly, obviously, you know, um, you know the most uh, backhanded compliment I get, well, I would do that kind of business if I had that much, that big of a team as well. Well, I can tell you that the team did not fall from the sky and just like, you know, like it didn't just happen. It's been a, it's been a, um, it's been a major process and it, you know, it brings its fair, it brings its challenges too in terms 
where you spend time developing and coaching and training and implementing processes. Uh, however, it's been uh, the biggest differentiator and biggest value add that we can bring to our clients and our referral partners. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, uh, if anything, uh, if I could do anything differently going back over the course of my career, I would have even uh, like dove into it earlier, right? Like, you know, it's, I always made, you know, I, so I, I came into the business um, back in, you know, I really got going into the business in 2008 as a loan originator, right? And so like I had worked for a small regional uh, mortgage company in like a call center type environment uh, from 2003 to 2008. In 2008, the call center literally overnight stopped existing. The mortgage company that we were working for shut down originations and pretty much laid off 3,000 people almost overnight. So I had a decision to make whether I was going to stay in the mortgage business or go do something else. I decided to stay, but there was really nobody hiring at that point. You know, I pretty much had to beg a, um, another small local regional company to allow me to be a loan originator. And so I started from scratch in 2008, but I never had that. I, I never forgot um, kind of having a pretty good job and then not having one the next day, like overnight with no, uh, with, you know, I literally became unemployed overnight in an industry where nobody was interested in it. And um, so that was like always in the back of my mind. So and it was good in a lot of ways and it was it was bad in a lot of ways. It was good because like it forced me to, you know, like, you know, you you, you get a little um, you want to be secure. Right. So you're saving money. You're make, you're being cautious. You're looking like, you know, you always you never forget that, that could happen again. And so you, you, you don't want to like grow this. You, you, I probably prevented me from spending money uh, on my business in terms of like marketing and people and all that kind of stuff, because I was always like, oh, I don't want to hire somebody. Then all of a sudden, if the business stops again, I got to get rid of them. And I was I was nervous about that, um, but then I you know I started slowly hiring, you know, and out of necessity because we were getting busier and busier and busier, and I couldn't do more. And um, and then I just got confident in terms of hiring. Like I was like you know I was like I always kind of figured out like if I always hired the right people, the return on investment would be great. And frankly, even if the return on investment where I wasn't like doing more business or making more money, I always kind of in my mind would justify it as well. If it's the right person, I'll work less. Right. And that's okay too. So, um, and, and so, you know, it's, you know, I probably started hiring a little bit too late, but then once I got really, really comfortable with it, um, you know, uh, have been going full throttle with it and we've just been able to grow and scale. And that's been a massive, uh, help this year because, you know, one of the biggest challenges facing our industry right now is purely staffing. Um, you know, if you talk to any mortgage company right now, uh, no matter how great your technology is, and there's a lot of them out there, obviously we pride ourselves on that as well. You know, people are what really kind of differentiate everybody in this business. And, you know, we're, you know, all across the industry, everybody's hiring like crazy. And so because we had experience in terms of bringing people on, training them, we have process in place. It's been helpful to kind of scale up a little bit and be able to handle the volume. You know, certainly it hasn't been perfect. You know, we've got our, it's, it's, we've got our challenges, right? Uh, but it's been helpful. So, so I have a lot of, I have a lot of support. You know, we're doing a billion dollars, uh, you know, actually not a billion, we're gonna do a billion and a half this year. Right. And so I got a support staff uh, of about 40 people that help all those loans go through, you know, and it's, it sounds like a big number, but when you compare it to a billion and a half, it's, it's, you know, there's mortgage companies that do a billion and a half dollars that have uh, way more staff than that doing that kind of production. So it's a very efficient model. Uh, but you know, we do a lot of condo business. So we have, you know, we have that, we're very well rounded in our approach in terms of like the type of business we do. So like we do refis, we do purchases, but within that we're doing state housing, we're doing FHA, we're doing VA, we're doing, um, you know, jumbo loans, conventional, you know, F, you know, uh, everything. So like, we're not like, we're not niche in terms of our products. So you have to have the staff that can kind of, you know, as, as we know, our, our business 
is just very compliant, very paper centric, not paper centric in the sense that like, we're not like, you know, everything's digital at this point, but like, there's just a lot of stuff. You got to reams and reams and reams of documentation you got to go through to get a loan approved and get it insured and get it sold. So, um, you know, we, we just need a lot of really smart people, really talented people and, and really hardworking people uh, of good character. And so like, you know, that's what, that's what I've been able to bring on to the team, you know, and it's, it's worked uh, for sure. And it's something I love, you know, I always grew up uh, playing team sports. Uh, I would not have as much fun doing this if I was doing it as like an individual contributor that doesn't make that wrong. There's a lot of people that enjoy that. I just get more fulfillment out of having success and winning uh, with my team than I would by myself. So that's why I've kind of done it for multiple reasons. And, and frankly, last part of it is I have a wife, I have three kids. Uh, you know, it's important for me that I want to be there for them and I want to enjoy life and have life experiences and all that kind of stuff. So although I work extremely hard, um, you know, having the team has allowed me to, you know, do that. Like, you know, I remember not having help and trying to go on my honeymoon or trying to go on a vacation and having to be on the phone 24 hours a day, even when I was there. And I was like, this is just not like the way I want to be living my life. I have no problem working hard, but like I wanted to be able to, you know, go to my kids games and spend time with them and be off on the weekends uh, and, and just be able to, you know, have balance. The team also allows you to do that. So there's, there's a lot of reasons why uh, I went with the team approach, you know, um, it works for me. I love it. I, I wouldn't change anything. That's really interesting. You, uh, you know, you talked about you figured out what you're super passionate about and then, you know, found people to do the things you're not. What are some of those things in your business that you absolutely love? And you're like, no, no, I want to be the one doing that. Yeah. So, you know, I love the relationship building with the partners. Like I love meeting with our existing referral partners. Uh, I love meeting with new ones. Um, that is fun for me. Like, you know, that, that like, relationship building. I love uh, speaking to clients. You know, I actually, you know, uh, th there's a lot of paradigms people make in their head about everyone. I've done it, you know, and so everybody thinks like I don't talk to clients, whereas like I'm on the phone with clients all day. Like I love talking to first time home buyers. I love talking to my previous clients and figuring out what they're up to now. So like I love making time for a big portion of my day. The majority portion of my day is actually talking to my clients and like helping them and giving them advice and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, and then lastly, I, I love working on the business. Like to me, like it, it would not be enough for me if all I did, uh, I wouldn't get enough fulfillment if all I did was just, you know, lock loans all day and like issue pre-approvals. Like I need to be able to um, come up with ideas, um, you know, talk to my teammates, figure out new ways in terms of coming up with our vision of where we're going in the future, coming up with, you know, ways to implement the technology we're using, stuff like that. Um, so I like using my brain for that kind of stuff. Um, and, um, and, and so, you know, we work really, really hard, you know, especially a year like this where like the volume is just like, you know, we're drinking from a fire hose and loans right now. And, um, and so like doing that kind of stuff is just important to me. If, if that's all I could do all day long, that would be great. You know, and that's what I'm striving for. You know, certainly it's not perfection right now. Uh, we're always kind of moving forward and then you know like as much as like this year has been amazing like you know it has like we're, I guess I said we're very fortunate again it comes with this fair share of challenges in terms of like you know you've obviously service level staffing um, and then just frankly just like your time or is being used in places where you know again it gets away from some of that stuff that I want to solely focus on and, and is you know you just kind of all hands on deck at certain points so so those are the things that I love to do I love to work on the business I like relationship building and I love talking to my clients and, you know, help them problem solve and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that, 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 that to me is a perfect world. 
Thanks for listening to the daily download. To hear the rest of the pair's conversation, head over to the Housing News Podcast, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. And make sure to join Housing Wire on October 8th for HW Annual, which is Housing Wire's first ever virtual conference that is specifically designed for mortgage executives that are hungry for information as they strategize for 2021 and beyond. For more information on the conference, make sure to check out housingwire.com. That's a wrap for today's episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and we hope you have a great weekend.